Hey everyone! <laughs> I'm leaving that in. You may. Sometimes I'm just like, we'll just mix it up by being more excitable, and then it's like, ugh. Welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brewmaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This is the identity crisis season, so go camping, eat a creamsicle because, oh, they're so good. Do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Today on the podcast, we are having part two of our conversation with Mel all about the wilderness and identity and yeah, what to do when you're in the thick of it. It's a great conversation. We know you enjoyed part one and so enjoy part two. All the other islands that form after wilderness can be placed in their rightful spots. Mm-hmm. We see him more clearly and more fully and we're changed in his presence. So it is, it is image making (laughs) and that is incredible. Yeah. I think it's so interesting that we talk about identity in church and we talk about identity. You know, I think about growing up camp, this, that, but we really do ignore like all the parts of the Bible where it's really clear that it's hard. Mm Mm-hmm. You think of even the pictures that we hear in like Jesus, like pruning and carving and mm-hmm. who ever thought that being pruned wouldn't hurt? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> why, why do we do that? Mm-hmm. Like, why? That's his grace. That's how he makes us children. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what have we missed? What have we lost? What have we cut off of ourselves? It blows my mind. It really does. Mm-hmm. Another analogy, guys, that I know I've, I've talked about before is the idea of a caterpillar um, turning into a butterfly, right? That transformation process. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see it all through scripture, through the story of Israel, all the way through Jesus' death and resurrection. We see a creature going in as one thing, being transformed into something new. Mm-hmm. And how does God actually get a hold of us? How does he do this image transformation business in us, right? Mm -hmm. This Genesis 1 mandate that we're all made in the image of God and we're supposed to take care of, have dominion over the earth, just like he would. Well, how does, how do we get to look more like him? We know Mm -hmm. that Jesus is the full image of the invisible God. We know we're supposed to look more like him Mm -hmm. and we try to imitate him. Let me just ask you, honestly, how well does that go for you? <laughs> Are you a good imitator? <laughs> not all the time. I'm a really bad actor, so like, definitely so not. <laughs> Some things better than others, mm. right? Yeah. Like, no, you can force yourself. You can discipline yourself. Mm-hmm. You can. There's other things I cannot shake. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he uses wilderness, seasons of suffering, silence even Mm. to transform us Mm. into his image. If we would just submit and yield and recognize them as gifts of grace, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we don't have to run from them. We don't have to like Mm. be silent about them. We don't have to pretend they don't happen. This is good. This is the journey of faith. Mm. Or even rush past them too. Mm -hmm. Yes. As you're talking like, I love just getting to the next (laughs) season. Like, yeah, it's just, I don't want to deal with the, mm-hmm. oh, we'll think about this later <laughs> or whatever. It's like, oh, no, there's a lot of grace to just sit in it, um, to not feel like you're missing out on other things, to mm-hmm. to sit in it. 
And for mm-hmm. a while, you don't have to figure everything out right now. Mm-hmm. And that's a painful process. Oh, man. Isn't it hard to stop shaking at mm-hmm. the bars? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember talking to somebody. You guys don't have to use this. Um, but this is just real. Um, talking to somebody about the story of Joseph and how Joseph finally became the leader. He had mm-hmm. had the vision long before. Mm-hmm. Of who he he told his brothers exactly what it was going to look like. He had the vision. He knew what it was going to look like. And then he went to prison. He was mm-hmm. sold into slavery. He went to prison. He couldn't get out. He couldn't even get the people who had promised him they would help him get out to help him get out. Mm. And that feeling of shake, let me out of this. Mm. I don't belong here. This mm. is not what 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 I thought was going to happen. And yet, when mm-hmm. he got out. He was the leader who could reject Potiphar's wife's um, hankering toward him. Mm-hmm. He could lead well. He was organized in his thought to look after the world of famine. Mm-hmm. He, even at the end of Genesis, and this is another one that really grabs my attention. If you look at Genesis 50 and you see Joseph's progression, at the end of Genesis, we see an answer to what went wrong in the garden. Remember how they grabbed after knowledge for themselves. They thought they could decide for themselves how they lived. Joseph in chapter 50, his brothers are all terrified because the dad has finally died. And the brothers are like, oh no. Okay, guys, this is how it's going to go down. We're all going to go. We're going to bow down before Joseph. We're going to say, you can have us as slaves. Like, please just don't hurt us. Please just let us live. And Joseph starts weeping and going, guys, am I God? Mm. I am not going to put myself in the place of God. God used this for good. That's all we know. Mm. Let's move on. And it's Mm -hmm. like, here we see a picture of somebody who's actually going to stop grasping knowledge for themselves. Mm -hmm. Trust God's wilderness journey, imprisonment, imprisonment journey to allow him to become the leader that he needed to be. Mm -hmm. Like, mind blown. Yeah. (laughs) Man. Anyway, that was just an aside. Mm-hmm. No, it's good. And I think, well, I keep having, I mean, that's like image as you're talking about like, you know, being pruned and like, in our, you know, you like almost got you like your arm cut off and you're just sitting there bleeding. And the unfortunate truth is that when we like totally don't talk about the pieces of scripture where it's normal to suffer, it's like, it's one thing to have your arm cut off and be like, what is going on? It's another thing to be like, what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Instead of when you're like, oh, you had that happen to you too. Like you really suffer. Oh, oh, I'm not alone. Like that. Mm-hmm. I think of those things where you're like, God didn't love me and I was alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we continue to actually have those conversations about like, no, this is totally normal. Then you're mm-hmm. like, well, we're all on a suffering journey mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about that. So mm-hmm. it, that's so good, Ainsley. Even, <laughs> even like, that, you know, concept of who we are as the church. Not that I'm going to celebrate when you get your arm cut off, <laughs> but could we not as a worshiping body under the kingship of Christ go, oh, God's at work in you. Mm-hmm. Let's anoint this season in your life. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. God is doing something mm-hmm. in you and just trust him. Just mm-hmm. try. I know you're hurting and you feel like you're bleeding out, but like, it's almost like we desert those people. We don't want to uh, touch them. They, they've done something like there's something wrong. And we there's don't know how wrong. to handle that in other people either. It's Mm-mm. like, um, Mm-mm. sorry. See, have a good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> 
praying for you. Bye. Yes. Mm. Like, well, I can sit with you in your pain, but I really don't know what this means about in terms of God. Mm. No, this is an invitation. I'm going to sit with you. I'm going to pray over you because this is a season of God's powerful transformation, Mm. identity forming work in you. Mm. This is to be celebrated. Mm. Um, That's the whole picture. Anyway, when I think of pruning, <laughs> I think of when I clip the tip of my finger <laughs> off. Oh. So, this is, again, within the first year of working at YFC, I was, it was in the fall, and my fingers were getting a little numb and cold. Of course, I wasn't wearing gloves. My mom wanted me to, like, cut the, trim the, um, the garden for the winter. And I'm just chopping away, and I think I thought about it before it happened. I'm like, what if this were to happen? <laughs> yeah, right clipping away and I'm like I think I cut myself I looked I'm like oh it's fine just a little cut and then I looked and my finger is like kind of slanted I'm like uh (laughs) when I feel that area where I did that like I still feel it like I feel the like the nerve endings were clipped off Mm -hmm. right so it's not again you can take this out but pruning seasons they leave their mark kind Mm -hmm. of right and you can still kind of feel like tender yes. yeah yeah it is mm-hmm. still tender and that's okay mm-hmm. anyways that reminds <laughs> me jen of the season where jacob wrestled with god mm. that god is one whom we can contend with that we have to wrestle with sometimes and he was left with a limp yeah scripturally i don't know for sure if that meant a physical limp or if that meant it's kind of like paul's thorn in this in the flesh right like what is that we don't know mm-hmm. we just know when you you wrestle to submit and mm-hmm. it, it, it changes you, right? Mm-hmm. Again, it's an identity. It changes you visibly. <laughs> <laughs> huh. What are some sort of like, it seems a little bit like not quite as serious, but sort of like some tips for the journey that you would give to people in wilderness seasons. Um, the first one that, that really stands out to me is to really read all of scripture. Yeah. Because that's where I was completely grounded, that that if the image is what's gone wrong with us, then changing our image to submit to the image of Christ, it's really going to bring about some shape-shifting. It's, it should bring about some seismic, tectonic plate shifting mm-hmm. in who we are and how we live. And that's not always a safe thing. It's not always going to feel comfortable. Um, it's It's going to require some some painful obedience. Um, It's all the way through scripture. And like I said before, I don't know how I could have missed it, right? How could I miss? Um, Mm. There's Ecclesiastes moments in discipleship. There's Job seasons in discipleship. There's wilderness journeys in discipleship. There's the Psalms that cry out about God's silence or God's absence, perceived absence in times when people need him. These aren't just permission to pray these things. These are God writing down God's words <laughs> to help us be honest mm. in those seasons. Mm. There are seasons of exile. Um, there's the whole life of Jesus, the one we actually follow, <laughs> mm. who comes to a point in the Garden of Gethsemane where he shows what it means to actually submit to the knowledge of the Father mm. rather than his own will. So the perfect example of a human creature refusing to choose knowledge for themselves happens in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before our eyes in Scripture, where he says, please, Abba Father, take this cup from me. 
yet not my will, mm. but yours. So it's all there. Um, I can think of so many verses in the New Testament that talk about what it means to be transformed, what it means to go through these times. And I have a whole list of them here. I, again, I'll rhyme them off if people want to look them up. <laughs> look them up. It's there. Mm. But read the whole canon of scripture. Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, mm. being conformed to his death. Philippians 1.29, Matthew 16.24, pick up your cross and follow me. This is about denying yourself and obeying me. 2 Corinthians 1.5, 1 Peter 4.13, Romans 8.17. Now, if we are children, we really are heirs of God and heirs together with Christ, since indeed we suffer together with him in order that we may also be glorified together with mm -hmm. him. Colossians 1.24, 1 Peter 2.21, Romans 6.3. There's no, <laughs> this is not just one book of the canon. This is all through the New Testament. Mm -hmm. This partaking in the divine nature of God is going to require suffering wilderness seasons. Somehow the great mystery of faith is that earthlings <laughs> can become one with our triune God. Faithfulness to that didn't bring Jesus ease or comfort or self-actualization of all of his mm -hmm. earthly potential. Mm. It brought painful obedience, rejection, suffering for the broken world. His grace isn't cheap. It is costly. Mm -hmm. And the call to discipleship is the call to take up our cross and follow. Mm -hmm. But another one, guys, that I would say is, you know, after scripture and after really getting grounded in scripture, although maybe it's, it's both and, read dead people's lives. Oh. <laughs> read the lives of the people that have actually gone and lived this before us. There's so many examples of people who've gone through um, St. John of the Cross was a Catholic priest who was asked by a nun she had gone about um, kind of redrawing the convent back to simplicity and prayer and a life of discipline and humility and poverty. And she asked St. John, who was just John at that point, um, she asked him to do the same thing for the monasteries. And he had he prayed about it and decided, yeah, this is, I think, what God is asking me to do. He was imprisoned for nine months by church leadership. And during that time, he went through a dark night of the soul. He went through an excruciatingly painful time and wrote about it. Mm. Um, he talks about how, the, how in those seasons of wilderness, we learn to get the real God in place in our experience. He talks about how our senses and our feelings are pruned. And I think about how I would encourage people, don't let your feelings drive the bus mm. in the wilderness, right? Feelings don't tell the truth. And Jesus shows us that in his own mm. wilderness experience. What did he rely on? The word of God tells us the truth. Mm. And our feelings don't. Anyway, St. John writes about it. Our Eastern Orthodox brothers and sisters really know what it is to suffer. They know what wilderness looks like. In fact, they talk about um, what we can't know about God. They do a lot more um, writing about unanswered questions. And we in the West really focus on having all the right answers. We mm -hmm. focus on um, knowing things about God. And 
they recognize that to enter into God is mystery, entering into mystery, and humility is required. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so they write a lot. But I would also say don't go alone. Um, don't go alone. Find others who have experienced God in these ways. Uh, definitely a tip for the journey. Talk about it. <laughs> Open up to people, spiritual directors, pastors, friends, somebody who's been in the wilderness to encourage you and celebrate with you that God is at work in this mm. season. And um, so you don't feel alone. I remember, this is years ago, and I might not leave this in, we'll see. But I remember being at SI with you, and I felt so much like I couldn't hear God. And I remember talking to you, and you're like, do you, like, are you okay with that? Like, are you willing to be okay? And I was like, wow. does that mean it is okay? And I remember just thinking, like, there must be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. There must be something wrong with me. And after that, I was like, oh, it's it's actually okay. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that before that. And it was like, you know, when you talk about having someone for the journey, like, for someone to be like, you're not crazy. Like, mm-hmm. there isn't anything wrong with you. And now I can tell people, like, I've been able to tell other people now that say the same thing, like, Ainsley, why? And I'm like, I don't necessarily know. But Mm -hmm. it's not because something is wrong with you. It's really, like, super normal. Mm -hmm. So having some buddies away. It's like a pass (laughs) down the chain. (laughs) And how freeing it is not to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember, I don't know why I was thinking it, but I'm like, my parents have never raised kids before me and my sisters. <laughs> what the heck? Like, we're literally, they're guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. They're just figuring it out. And then it's, <laughs> I was like, I just get it. It's like, well, no, duh. But like, <laughs> and then I was thinking like, wow, I don't need to figure everything out at 23, almost 24. <laughs> 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 I don't need to figure everything out mm-hmm. now. And you have been really helpful. And, and again, not saying that. <laughs> We're just here to stroke your Mel's ego. mess has made me realize that I don't have to have it all together in my 40s. And that's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, there's so much grace in not having all the answers. And what you just shared here for these tips for the journey is not slapping a Bible verse to any of it, right? It's just like, oh, read your Bible more. Oh, pray more, right? Like it goes so much deeper than that. Like the living word of God is living and moving within us and changes us. So I really appreciate what you shared there because it is really, I know for me, I think it's safe to say for us in general, our natural response is isolation, not to welcome it um, and welcome others into it either. So Thank you for sharing that because we don't need to figure it out. And yet there's still things that we can do to walk in in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about some practical things of like how to navigate these wilderness season, which is easier said than done outside of wilderness seasons in the kind of like day to day, maybe even like boring, mundane moments of life. How do we lean closer to Jesus and our identity? Because it's one thing to be going through a really, really difficult time and working it out. Um, it's another thing to be like, yeah, like I'm, I'm okay. But how do we keep pressing into Jesus and our identity with all of this? Um, I think one thing that's just standing out to me right now, guys, and is just learning to be 
helpless. Mm. When I think about Jesus as the one true son and how his relationship with the father actually sheds light on how we become children of God, Jesus starts out as a helpless baby, Mm. completely trusting the father and the few spattering of people, human beings (laughs) around him to carry him in the right direction. And it just gives me this sense of like complete humility before God. Um, Not having to have it all sorted out, not having to completely understand God and have him be able to talk about every aspect of who we think God is in our doctrine and our whatever. Um, That we really, there's a a humility needed to actually accept God's knowledge rather than our own and God's ways rather than our own. Um, I think I would say too, I used to think that spiritual disciplines were sort of like um, bars to be met for, Mm -hmm. for the really spiritually mature, like they pray for a couple hours every day Um, I don't look at spiritual disciplines like that anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't look at them as signs of maturity. I look at them as gifts of grace. Mm. They're gifts of grace. All the people that have gone before us have found God's presence, found themselves resting in God's presence by practicing things like silence and solitude, journaling, prayer. Um, Oh man, the list just goes on. Uh, Service in community with each other, confession, worship, guidance, celebration. There's so many examples of, of um, spiritual disciplines. And I think the trick is to, to realize that we're not all built the same. Mm. A relationship depends on two people um, talking to each other, listening to each other, serving each other, loving each other. And so where do we get the sense that we have to look like everybody else? The things that feed you in your relationship with God might be very different from the things that feed me in my relationship with God, because God knows me and he's okay with me being different from you. We should be okay with being different from each other. But I think the trick is find yours, (laughs) find yours. What's the gift of grace that God's giving you to say, I want you to know me mm. just in the everyday. How do we, mm. how do we practice God's presence? How do we spend time with him? Not like a bar you have to meet to be an effective, productive, on the right path kind of Christian. Just this is where God meets you. Mm. Some people will go on long walks and their prayer times are unbelievable. So find yours. Uh, don't hesitate. Try different things. <laughs> get a mm-hmm. get a Richard Foster mm-hmm. Celebration of Discipline book mm-hmm. and, and try some different things as yeah. gifts of grace to you. Just going to keep diving in right deep here. We don't like Give to her. ask easy questions. So. <laughs> Kevin taught us well on that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think the church is missing in this conversation about identity? So we're starting and ending with loaded questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of how we roll. Yeah. <laughs> Can we go back to orange juice pulp? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was so stern. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's 
That's a heavy question. That's such a big question. It's such a good question, though. So why don't we just say you and me are the church? Yeah. So as we are the church, what would we say? I'm going to shoot it back to you guys, too, to be like, just let's toss this around on the table. What would it mean for us to be to get this a little better. Not that we're going to get it perfect. Mm. We still, I don't have all the understanding that I need. God is God. I'm me. (laughs) Um, But how can we get a better sense of following Jesus as Mm. we are formed in God's image? Um, And I think it's beautiful. We can talk about that. We can confess. Oh man, I think I got it wrong. I I thought God didn't love me. I, I thought that I had to hide. I thought... All, I got it wrong, and I'm sorry. I see you more clearly now, so help me get it better. Help me Aww. get it right. I think that's beautiful. Again, it's just an invitation, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, what do we think? Yeah, a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest one is for me For me is, like, it is normal. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think the things that you shared about the lies that were really easy for you to believe in that season are really easy, right? Like... I need to do things well so that God loves me, mm-hmm. right? Like I need to do X, Y, and Z so that God will accept me, which is like bonkers, yeah. right? Like that totally removes grace off the table, which is not scriptural or mm-hmm. true. Um, so personally for me, inviting people into that, like not actually being afraid to say like, I know this is wrong, but this is like what I actually am thinking and believing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and inviting people into that and inviting God into that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I do that well. I don't, I don't think that that is something that naturally I gravitate. I know it's not something I naturally gravitate towards, mm-hmm. um, but he can handle it. So mm. yeah, I think maybe aligning like head knowledge with heart knowledge. Um, freaking hard. <laughs> Mm. but accepting those seasons of just like even just COVID right like there's several weeks there where I'm just like oh like I don't feel like myself right Mm -hmm. and a lot Mm -hmm. of factors right we're kind of living in a global pandemic but um yeah it's okay it is actually Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. and I don't need to try to solve everything um there's things that I can do and need to do but it's not all up to me yeah, I think I would agree with that, like, honesty with God piece. And to be willing to talk about those things and question him about things like that. Um, and I just think grace. You know, I think when mm. you go through periods of discovery, it is so easy to turn and look at other people and be like, how can you not see things? Like, But instead, it's not about that because I think back and I was just like it. And it's not about, you know, looking down at people. It's like, no, this is God's grace to me. I give God's grace to you. I give grace to myself in the moments where I, like, continue to get it wrong and I continue to stumble and I continue to wrestle. And, you know, like, there is such grace needed for each other. And as we continue to, like, yeah, accept God's grace and give that to other people as we talk about things that are painful for us to experience and I think sometimes painful for people to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm. I really think too as the church I, I don't understand why I didn't get that 
the Old Testament is the story of the formation of the people of God. You know, like I mm-hmm. knew the stories, mm-hmm. but I looked at it sort of as history. And rather than Jesus showing us how to be a human, Jesus, I always focused on what God has accomplished through Israel and Jesus. And I think a big wake up for me has been, no, Jesus also shows us how to be the right kind of human being. Mm, mm -hmm. And I wish I had more integration between the Old Testament and the New Testament to to get that better. I think that we can do a better job Mm. of that. Mm. I would say, too, that there wasn't any room in my theology for suffering and wilderness for obedience or because God loved you. (laughs) And um, I guess we don't really talk about it a whole lot. Mm. And I hope that we can become the church that, um, and maybe it's only in becoming more comfortable in our own experiences of wilderness and perceived silence of God and suffering that we're going to be equipped to actually sit with others because it's a really broken world out there. Mm -hmm. And, and I think we need to get better at Mm -hmm. sitting in other people's brokenness, sitting in the wilderness of other people, sitting in those seasons of suffering and where we don't have answers. We want God to heal. I, I wish that God would just heal everything sort of like the Midas touch, right? Like where we, us three could just go out in the world and everything we touch turns to his intention for his kingdom. Mm. Just like that. It doesn't work for me like that. And so sometimes I have to be comfortable sitting in those places where I go, I don't understand why God won't lift this from you. Mm. But I know he's with you. He promises he'll never leave or desert you. So even now, even when you don't feel it, you don't sense him, God is here. Mm -hmm. And I want to get better at that. Wow. We can talk about this, I think, for a very long time. Mm -hmm. We can make this a five-hour podcast. We could. We Uh, could. Nobody's going to listen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The last question that we always like to to ask people is what is the greatest advice you have been given? Wow. I I have been so lucky over the last seven years to sit at the feet of my profs. Mm -hmm. And I remember times when I would come home and go, guys, my family got so sick of me talking about (laughs) guys, Gus just blew my mind today. Mm -hmm. Gus Conkle is one of my professors there. And like, I, I can't even narrow it down. What's the best advice? I don't know. Just Jesus gets it right. Mm. Jesus gets it right. It's actually not what I can accomplish. It's actually not my ministry. It's actually not, if anything good happens, it's because Jesus is getting it right. Mm. And I really am excited because I think the image transformation that God has brought about in me means he's getting it right. Mm. And the rest is all just gravy. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I could talk for five hours alone just about all the good advice that 
<laughs> Another episode. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, just to trust them. Just trust them. Trust and obey them. You, I won't always know where I am. I won't always get my identity right. I will keep making mistakes, but Jesus is getting it right. And I can trust him. I can trust where he leads me. I can trust to step out into his footsteps if he asks me to follow. And um, I can trust that he's going to fulfill the promises that he's left us with, mm. where we sometimes go, what? Mm. What is this tangent about? What is this sideline? Why are we here as a community, as a globe right now? Mm. Um, we can trust him. It's mm. a good word. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Anything that we missed? I don't know if this is a final thought <laughs> or if this is just one that goes back to our conversation about the church. But I think that in times of great cultural shift, we maybe need to become a little bit more comfortable with wilderness mm. and the not knowing and the trust in the season of wilderness that God is going to show us his way to get to the next place where we need to go and to accept it as invitation and grace. <laughs> and yeah, there's lots we're going to grieve. We're going to grieve our three square meals back in Egypt. We're going we're gonna to be upset that this isn't the way we've done things before and it's hard to make transitions, but um, we've been given a model of what it looks like. And I hope and pray that we can find ourselves in it mm -hmm. and be okay with it mm -hmm. and really um, trust them. I think even as communities, we maybe need to figure out how to do wilderness together. Mm -hmm. um, I think there are seasons for churches because I just keep coming back to this was never an individual salvation story right we in the west have made it really about an individual faith and a lot of what i've been talking about today has been about going through the wilderness as an individual mm -hmm. but that's never the way it was um, for them it was always a communal experience and so maybe there's people who who are experienced maybe there's church groups who are experiencing the wilderness and going ah <laughs> okay, here we are. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay to learn how to let go of old ideas, mm -hmm. to let go of what we think we need, to embrace, okay, God, you are teaching us. We know you're here. So teach us just about your provision in the moments. Teach us about how to walk when you walk and be still when you're still. Mm -hmm. Teach us how to trust you fully for what you've planned for the next step so that when we get there, we're ready to enter mm -hmm. and we don't have to keep wandering. Um, but those are actually really, really important things that I think we can grow into as mm -hmm. the church. And I guess I would say to you guys that if you are in the wilderness right now, God loves you so much. His, his picture to us in this is, I have chosen you. You weren't so special that I rescued you, Israel. You're the least of these, but I love you. I've made promises to you and I'm inviting you to the wilderness because I want you to know me. 
I hope that just makes you feel like you are wrapped in an embrace of God the Father that nothing can shake. Nothing can shake. The wilderness is an invitation of grace. It is to be held so closely by the Father that you know him. You see him. You see him moving. You, you, you come to walk like him. Mm. And that you in the waiting time, the wandering time, would trust that deeply, whether it's as a church community or as an individual just maybe not even hardly breathing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Man, good, good conversation. We say this every time. It's like, I'm so excited to share this with people, but I feel I just sit in this conversation and it's like just this is a blessing enough to me, mm. which we're lucky enough to have lots of stay too late after work conversations <laughs> and talk about these things. <laughs> but your journey is a gift. Mm. And I know you've learned to view some of your suffering as a gift, but mm -hmm. it's a gift to us too. So thank you for being willing to talk about the things that that are really painful and are really intimate and and are important. So thank you for your continued conversations and your learning and your mind and your heart and yeah, we just love it. And we, we love, love you. you. So I love oh. you guys. <laughs> so insane. <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome, guys, to be in a place where we can have this kind of relationship, right? And mm -hmm. we can know each other mm -hmm. um, at that level and be honest about the things that we struggle and wrestle with. I mm -hmm. think this is probably one of the best places to work. Go work, friends. Go work, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming up that you will not want to miss. So make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're using so you never miss a Monday episode. If you want to follow us along on Instagram or Facebook, you can find us at Just Work Friends. And if you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to give it a review because then we know that you guys are enjoying it. So until next Monday. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. The classic. <laughs>